Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. This is the Unfiltered Entrepreneur. My name is Ashley Pollard. Here you will find business tips, entrepreneurial advice, and an honest account of mistakes I make along the way. I will also have some friends along for the ride who can add in their own experience, obstacles, and what we can all learn from each other. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely road, but not in my circle. We are all in this together. Welcome back to another episode of The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard, and today I want to talk about business trends you're going to notice in 2023. Some of this you may already notice. Some of this may be something that will feel very new to you. And all I want to say is that business is an evolution. If you study the rise and falls of different economies or businesses or industries, you have to evolve. You know, moving forward is something that is super vital to the growth of a business. And to stay in the stream of things is kind of the way to make sure that your business stays relevant and make sure that you're staying up to speed and that you're understanding how to grow your business. These are things that really need to be present in order to keep the ball going. So I want to kind of dive into what these trends look like. I want you to be aware of them. I want you to think about what applies to you. Maybe some of them do, maybe some of them don't. All of that is fine. But this is what I'm noticing from business as a whole and not necessarily in our industry. I mean, definitely in our industry. But the thing is, not everything is in the digital space because I want us to really start thinking about business in a bigger capacity. That's one of the main things that I want to do in the roundtable starting this year is that I want all of the people who have joined this group, I want us to all come together and really talk about business from a bird's eye view so that we feel empowered, so that we feel excited, so that we feel like we can discuss business instead of just talking about an industry that nobody really understands. You get to participate in the bigger business picture. So I have a few ideas here that I want to walk through with you of different trends that I'm noticing in business as a whole. However, I'm not going to go through each of them. Otherwise, this would be an obscenely long podcast. So if you want to go to our website, teamap.consulting, head over to the free page on our website. You will notice that we have all of our past trend reports. Feel free to download the one for Q1. That way you have a little bit of an insight into all of the trends that we're noticing. So I can dive into those there because I won't necessarily have time to do all of them here. I do want to talk about the digital space on this podcast. And kind of one of the biggest things that I feel like I'm noticing is something that you may not be aware of if you're not paying attention to like bigger business as a whole. And what I mean by bigger business is I mean like reading business journals and following up on what's going on in the Washington Post or understanding female founders and seeing what's going on on Crunchbase and who's investing in who. And those are things that I obsess over. Those are things that I want to know inside and out and backwards and forwards is like, What's going on in New York? What's going on in Paris? What's going on in London? What are these major markets doing and activating right now? And how does that affect my business? Because guess what? It does. One of the wildest things that I said to the doers once, and I mean it, is that what happens in the oil industry affects your business. What happens in baseball affects your business. What happens anywhere in the world will affect your business in some capacity. 
the fact that there's a paper shortage and that there is a tough time getting paper made affects your business. All of these things are so intertwined and understanding not only the politics of business and how that could affect the digital business that you're running, but also business at large means that you're able to take away lessons from a business that you can then apply to your own. And that's something that I don't think we really talk about enough. And one of the things, the biggest, biggest, biggest thing in the digital entrepreneurship space that I'm noticing as a trend is this migration away And I don't know if you notice it the way that I do because of how many freaking people I talk to on a weekly basis. I mean, I talk to probably 150 entrepreneurs every single week. And so for me, one thing that I'm noticing, this is the biggest thing, is this migration away from simply understanding yourself as an entrepreneur. And the reason that I very carefully word it that way, and I don't even know if I got it right, even the way that I'd like to, but the way that I worded it was because we're all entrepreneurs and I'm an entrepreneur. I started a business. I'm an entrepreneur. Great. Good for you. You did it. We all are. What's really funny though, is that until you start to study bigger business. And as you start to study true entrepreneurship, and there's a reason I'm saying true entrepreneurship, and I'll get to that maybe another episode. But when you really start to understand true entrepreneurship, you start to understand the different layers of it. The way that I kind of explained it to a friend of mine was like, we've all been eating sandwiches our whole life. And this whole time, maybe someone was eating turkey club and someone else was eating a grilled cheese sandwich. And maybe somebody else was eating a French dip. And we all thought that we were eating the same thing because we were eating sandwiches. And now people are waking up and noticing that there's so many different ingredients involved and that even though we're all eating sandwiches, we're all doing completely different things and experiencing completely different things. And this is why I think there's been a little bit of pushback in the digital space is because there's this idea that you have to do this in order to succeed. You have to post this certain amount. You have to email this certain amount. You have to have this kind of team. You have to hit this revenue goal. And people get so upset. They're like, no, it's not for everybody. And it's like, sure, but it probably is for the kind of person that they're talking to. And so we have to understand that there's different levels and different types of entrepreneurship. It's not that we're all entrepreneurs. It's not even that we're all business owners. And we are sure as fuck not all CEOs. And the reason why I say that is because legally to be a CEO, there are so many other stipulations that have to be in place. And I guarantee none of you bitches have a board of directors and I love you, but I'm just saying, okay. And I'm not going to say that I haven't said that. Of course I have. Like I would be blatantly lying if I said that I never referred to myself as a CEO, but I'm starting to get out of it more and call myself a founder or call myself an agency owner and definitely a consultant. And the reason for that is because it tells a little bit of a better story than that. I think people felt like they wanted to feel powerful and in control of their future. And what is in control of their future? A CEO. But the thing is, is like, we have to understand the nuance of entrepreneurship because here's the thing. There is zero shame. And honestly, like more power to you because you're going to make so much more money than fucking any of us. But there's no shame in being a freelancer. And when I mean a freelancer is somebody who is on call for different contractual work. Someone who gets paid $1,000 here, $5,000 there, $2,000 there. I mean, I have friends who make 30 grand a month as a freelancer because you're not full-time in someone's business. You're there operating a skill, doing a specific kind of work and very good at it. You work for yourself. You work for yourself. You work on your own time. Maybe you join a meeting here and there. 
but you're not necessarily like running a business. And guys, freelancers, like it's so hard for me to watch someone who is clearly a freelancer not take ownership of that because that is where so much shame lies. If you're like, I don't want to post on social. I don't want to sell my services. I don't want to build a website. Don't. That's perfectly fine. That would be something a freelancer would do. It's like, go find the work, have a few people that you work for, aim to stay with them for three years or so. And then if one of them leaves, you swap it with something else. But like, you don't have to be consistently selling if you want to stay in freelance, which is I work inside of someone's business and I get paid for it. That doesn't require testimonials. It doesn't require a brand shoot. It doesn't require scaling or strategizing or making revenue projections. It doesn't fucking matter. You're getting paid to do the work and it's pretty predictable. That is an important part of entrepreneurship is this freelance sector. And some of you guys are freelancers and you think you're business owners. So you think that you have to follow all these rules about business ownership and you are failing for some reason, but you are actually just trying to act as part of a different sector that you're not a part of. And that might be hard to hear. Maybe you're like, no, I want to be a business owner. Fine. You own your business. You have your LLC. You pay your taxes. You, you Fine. You're a business owner. I'm not going to lie to you. Of course. Sure. But like, why is there shame about being a freelancer? Why is there any sort of, no, don't call me that. I'm a CEO. I'm a business owner. It's like, you are a freelancer and that's great. You're going to probably kill it making money and keep almost all of it. That's great. That's amazing. You're a freelancer then. Perfect. Own it. Take ownership of that. And I'm starting to notice people doing that. I've noticed some people change their bios to say graphic design freelancer. I've noticed some people do tech freelancer, social media freelancer. Good. Good. That's what businesses are starting to look for is the more nuanced understanding of that. They don't always need agencies. They need freelance people sometimes. So if you want to work alone with a few people and you don't want to sell services and you don't want to do marketing and you don't want to do any of that shit, then fine. Be a freelancer. The next one is a solopreneur. A solopreneur will require a bit of marketing. This is basically like I'm running a business and I'm doing it alone. And you have to do all of the business functions. You have to do the marketing. You have to do the projections. You have to do the sales. You have to do the admin. You have to do all the bitch work. You have to do all of it. Sure, you might still be contracted inside of someone's business, but you're running a full business yourself, not as a side hustle, as your full-time job, while also operating in one of your client's business. So a solopreneur is just that. You are a business, a full top-down business, and you're doing it all solo. Not slow, solo. And the other thing with solopreneurs is that the idea here is that you probably won't move on to being a small business. Not that there's even an escalation. It's not like you have to become a freelancer, then a solopreneur, then a small business owner, and so on and so forth. There's no escalation necessary. You may not. You may stay a solopreneur and that's perfectly fine because again, you'll keep the money. You might make more money. You'll be spending more money. You'll be spending more time. If what you value is time freedom, then I wouldn't suggest going that route. Some of you are like, I could never work as hard as you. I don't value time freedom. I don't. I want to work. I want to work really hard. I want a really big business. I'm allowed to want that. And you're allowed to want something smaller, to want something easier, to want something that with less pressure, by all means. I wouldn't be happy doing it and you may not be happy doing what I am. And that's a great thing to know about yourself is that you are running a solopreneur business and understand that, understand that there's no shame in that.
The next one would be an SMB. And this is how I know some of you guys aren't paying attention to the bigger business world. But if you've never heard the term SMB, then like, guys, we got to learn more about business at large. And that's, that's okay. That's what you're here for. That's what I do in the doers is I want you guys to learn a little bit more about the bigger business realm. And an SMB is a small to mid-sized business. That's really what it stands for. Small or mid-sized business, SMB. You can also sometimes hear it as like SME, small, small to mid-sized enterprise. And the idea here is that these are small businesses. Maybe you have one full-time employee and five contractors. Maybe you have three full-time employees and two part-time people and two contractors. I'm making all of this stuff up. It doesn't, there's no set numbers. My point is that you have a pretty diverse team of very diverse product suite and services. And I would say you're probably doing 20% of the work max. Your team is probably taking over the rest of it. And what's really great about that is that this is an opportunity for you to work and run a business that will be big one day. And not all SMBs have the goal of being some massive business. You don't have to have a goal of being a massive business, but you have to understand what you're doing. Because the thing is like, this helps all of us educate better. If somebody came to me and said, I really want to work with you. I want to grow my business. I'm not necessarily gauging, are they ready? Do they have the money? Do they have the right goals? I'm really gauging, are you technically a freelancer? Are you technically a solopreneur? Are you technically an SMB? Because some of my things are better for the small and mid-sized business route. I do have plenty of things for the freelancer. I have plenty of things for the solopreneur, so many things. But a lot of my content is going to be focused around SMBs mainly because I run one. I run multiple of them. So for me, I run an SMB. I have multiple different services. I have multiple different businesses. I have multiple different employees and contractors and part-time employees that are assisting on the business and its growth. So that is definitely the business I have. If you're wondering which one emulates Team AP the most, that would be it. All in all, what I want you guys to understand is that those three are just three of many different ways to classify yourself as an entrepreneur. And what I'm noticing is that people are starting to crave that differentiation, not only so that they understand their business better, but so that they can know who they're learning from. So there are conversations that should be had that's like, what kind of client is this for? What kind of client is this content for? What kind of client is my content for? What kind of client am I building for? Really thinking about the size of a small business and whether or not that is truly a small business, if it's a freelancer who has a website, if it's like all of these different things that it could be, you kind of have to gauge those things. You have to see which it is when you're creating content, when you're talking to clients. You know, sometimes I talk a lot about making sure that we're making good educated decisions about who we follow and what information we're listening to. And at the end of the day, you really have to understand who is that person talking to? Who am I talking to on my podcast? Who is that other person who's similar to me talking to on their Instagram? Who is that other person talking to in their email? Because if you walk away from something saying, oh my God, I'm not doing that. Should I be doing that? The first question should be, are they talking to me? Because if I say to you, you need a team if you want to scale, your first question should not be, oh my God, should I be scaling? Oh my God, should I be hiring? Your first question should be, am I the person that she is thinking of in her head as she's speaking or recording this podcast? Think that. Think, is this for me? So that's one of the biggest trends that I don't think people are really talking about is that I do think that we're going to see a little bit of an explosion or an implosion in the entrepreneurship space where people are going to really start to isolate themselves in sectors underneath it. Because not all of you guys need small business advice. Some of you need freelance advice and find those people. 
Now, the next thing that I want to talk about as a trend is that I think that there's going to be a very sharp distinction about what is offered in-house versus what is offered out of house. And what I mean by that is that a lot of times digital entrepreneurs will work with someone like me or a consultant and say, I really want to scale. I really want to scale. And hopefully if they're good at their job, like I believe I am, as I've been doing this for 11 years, I would say to them, well, let's talk first a little bit about your experience, right? Let's talk a little bit about what you've done in the past. Let's talk a little bit about where you plan to go and how you plan to grow. And if they say, well, listen, I've been doing social media for a while and I really want to offer email services and I might offer Pinterest services. I would recommend, why don't you start with one? Why don't you grow into the one that feels the most fun and that you have the most resources for? So maybe you grow into email first. That means you need to find a partner for that Pinterest service and say, we use that person and I'm going to get a kickback from all of that person's referrals for Pinterest that come from me, those brand partnerships. And if you're in the doers, you might remember this question from December because that is when I'm recording this episode. But this was a conversation in our membership, The Doers, where somebody was asking about brand partners. And this is a great example of that is kind of understanding what's in-house and what is exported, what is referred to other business, what is something that isn't necessarily something you need to offer in-house or under your roof, but is something that is kind of like important to pass off and then you want to do it with someone that you really trust. So that distinction is something that's coming up for me a lot. It's something that's coming up a lot in conversations that I'm having around how do I grow? Where do I go next? And where do I go next? That kind of leads me perfectly into a third trend that I want to talk about, which is like, do we really need Instagram as much as we think we do. Like, do we actually, because here's the thing, I am noticing still great sales on Instagram. When I actively do some outreach, it results in followers. Instagram is not broken. If you understand it's the most basic fucking machine on the planet. People want to like strategize the shit out of Instagram, post every day. And I don't care what it looks like, make the caption small, brand it all so that it looks similar reach out to 10 people per day, or at least talk to people in the comments, lather, rinse, repeat, your business will grow. I don't want to hear more about like, but if I, but, it, but, but what about, but what about the strategy? What no, do that first. Just go do that. You want to make money? Go talk to people. That's it. Go talk to people in the comments, post shit every day, educational, inspirational. I don't give a shit. This inspire, entertain, educate. I don't care. I don't care. Post something. Okay. So you go on social. And you post all the things and it's all working. Instagram is working. I'm not going to act like it's not working. I don't really love reels. Am I really doing reels? No. Is my reach in the toilet? Yes. I could not fucking care less. There is nothing in the world I care less about than my Instagram reach. Maybe, maybe I care less about like freaking how paper clips are made. I don't know. There's literally nothing I care less about than my Instagram reach. And people are like, but doesn't it freak you out? I mean, no, <laughs> I don't control it. I have literally no control over this thing. I care a lot about how my website is optimized. I care a lot about what we're doing in email. I care a lot about what people are saying about us. I care a lot about those things. And gratefully, the website is fucking 
killing it because Maxine created a great one. Go follow her by Maxine Hugh. She killed it on the website. So great. Have that in my corner. We knock it out of the park with email marketing. So that works in our corner. We also have other fields. We have this podcast. Great. Supporting us. So if I were to lose my Instagram, I don't give a shit. There are days that my Instagram posts reach like 80 people. Then there's some days that Instagram posts reach 17,000 people. Can I predict it? No. Why do I give a shit? I cannot waste my time on things that I cannot control, period. No questions asked. So I don't. And that I think that other people are starting to feel that way. And so with this migration off of Instagram, the question is, where do I go? People say, okay, I'll go to TikTok. Okay, I'll go to, I'll go to Twitter. Maybe I'll go to Pinterest. Cool. All things you don't own. Don't migrate off of Instagram if you are, and here's the caveat, this is where you have to ask yourself who I'm talking to. If you are a small mid-sized business, if you are an SMB, if you're not a freelancer, if you're not a solopreneur, maybe if you're a solopreneur, but if you're a small to mid-sized business, you better not be even thinking about TikTok or Pinterest if you do not have a website that is optimized with analytics behind it. I definitely don't think that you should be going to any of those places if you do not have email marketing or understand how to use it to your advantage. I don't care that 10 people are on your list. They don't know that. Everyone on that list could assume 10,000 other people are on that list. They don't know how many people are on your list. You'd send the same email to 10 people as you would to 10,000. So use your email, period. 10 people's 10 people. I'm going off track. I want to reel it in. My point is Instagram is not the powerhouse it used to be. And you have to adapt to that because here's the thing. I got in at a time that Instagram did work for me. It worked very well for me. This was pre-reels, height of 2020. Everybody's on their phone. I mean, one of the biggest privileges in my business, it would be a lie, is that Instagram worked well when I was on it, when I started. Now, what's really funny is that MeTime is still growing like crazy. I have other clients who are growing like crazy on Instagram. And you know what it is? It's reels and it's consistency and it's branding. That's it. MeTime makes sales often. And that's because of social media. But the thing is like, do you live there? Like what if it did bomb? Where do you live? Do you live in Instagram? Do you have a website? Do you have a place that you own? So these are things that I want you to think about so that you're not just like putting all your eggs in one basket. It's just so unbelievable to like care this much about Instagram. I mean, like it truly upsets me. It like, it gets me worked up. The last one that I'm going to touch on, and then I'll leave the other ones for the trend report that you can find on the free section of our website, because I really don't want to like waste all this time going into every single one of them. But this one is one that I want to talk about instead of have you read. And I don't think that some of you guys will agree with me. That's okay. We can agree to disagree. I respect that disagreement. Perfectly fine. More power to you. But here's the thing that I'm starting to notice is that generally, and I'm definitely going to isolate this to the online space. Generally, I think that like cancel culture is canceled. And here's why. It's very easy to try to cancel a business when you're small, when you are growing. Oh my God, I can't believe they made that mistake. We should just totally drag them through the mud. It's another thing when you start to grow and you start to realize how inevitable mistakes are that you realize, I don't think it was kind of cool that I was like blowing up that person's spot on social. Like, it's just not a good look. It's not even that it doesn't look good, like you're going to look bad. It just kind of shows inexperience in my eyes and it shows a lack of perspective. Because here's the thing, I definitely had moments where I was like, I cannot believe people follow this person and I cannot believe that people invest in this person. And I shut the fuck up real quick when I started making mistakes in my business 
at month six, right? When I started really getting in there because I realized I'm a human talking about another woman. Is this really the legacy I want to leave? Absolutely not. What is a way that I can call out bad behavior without dragging someone through the mud, without ruining someone's mental health, without totally disrupting their business and fucking over another woman? What is a way that I can do that? And what I found is that instead of telling you, hey, don't go hire this person, they suck, I would rather say, I want to teach you what to look for. And if you happen to go hire that person, you would avoid the mistakes that I would make because I just educated you on how to avoid those things without ever saying her name. So for instance, I might say something like, if you hire someone, you better make sure you sign a contract with them. And I'm not telling you, I didn't sign a contract with this person and they royally screwed me. I'm not dragging that person. That is a waste of my time and it is not my values. It does not stand with the business that I want to run and the business that I want to be in charge of. The business I want to be in charge of is one where I empower you, the person who has had my back, the person who is here to learn, the person who I think runs their business with integrity or who I hope is a value-based person. So instead of saying like, ew, this person is so gross or like, oh my God, how annoying or ew, this is so bad. Why don't we take the perspective instead? And I love the women that I've seen shift into this and I'm noticing it and I see you. I have seen a major shift into, I want to educate you on what bad behavior looks like instead of taking time out of my day to just ruin a woman in my space. I've seen a few people change their tone and I never said a word, but there were a few people where I was like, oh, I don't love that she's doing that to each their own. I'm not going to judge her for like dragging this person, but like, and we've all gotten really upset. I've been there. I get that. However, to watch it is just like, God, that looks just, you're taking up valuable time in your marketing campaign to focus on that person when you could be sharing a lesson that you learned and educating your audience on how to best move forward. That makes you the authority. That is how you paint yourself as the authority is to step into the space of, let me show you something I learned this week. Did I learn it the hard way? Yes. Am I a bit embarrassed by it? Yes. But I had an experience this week where I realized I should have signed a contract or I should have asked for clarification on this, or I should have not done this, or I should have, whatever it is, I've learned this. And now I know this, and I'm just going to pass this to you because if you run into somebody and you start to notice things are off or things are this or things are this, I hope that you learn from me what I had to learn the hard way. That is the woman that I like to support. That is the woman that I last year had to make a decision. Do I want to keep having conversations about women in such terrible ways, or would I rather take the stance of how can we all learn together? Because what if that person is beating themselves up so badly for their mistake and embarrassed and wants redemption and wants to keep pursuing their business? And I'm over here spending my valuable marketing time talking about them and making it worse. It's not the legacy I want to lead. And I'm noticing people talking about that shift. I'm noticing people calling out behavior differently. And for those women who are starting to do that, I see it. And I think it's really fucking cool to take the position of let's all learn a lesson together instead of let's drag Susie fucks around a lot like and makes mistakes and drag Susie through the mud for her terrible decision who she does not deserve redemption.
it's not something I agree with. There's not one woman in this space that I don't want to see win. I don't care what they've said about me. I don't care what they've said about my people. I want you to win and I want you to make more money than me. And I want you to have success and I want you to have time freedom and I want you to be happy. I want you to feel loved and I want you to feel excited. And that includes with every single fucking mistake you've made under the plan. And I want all of it for you. That's my position. You don't have to agree. And I know some people won't and that's perfectly fine. And I know some people will say, but people have to know. I get it. I don't agree. That's fine. That's fine. I like the way that I see my people going, which is I'm going to call you in and educate my people so that you are not in the same position that I was that resulted in me getting fucked over. But I don't have the time to drag that girl. All the best. Hope you learn your lesson. Those are just a few different examples of trends that I'm noticing in 2023. There are a couple that I didn't really dive into as far as like SMS and text messaging, the portfolio aspect of Instagram, the DIY aspect of business, which I think is making a huge rise. If you want to check those out in the trend report, go to teamap.consulting, head to our free page, download the trend report. You don't have to enter an email. There's no funnel behind it. A few things on our free site do have those things, not the trend report. Take it. It's yours. Download it. Learn from it. Check back in with the Unfiltered Entrepreneur next Monday. It's great to talk to you guys. I love you so much. To say I'm proud of you is an understatement. I hope that you guys realize I see how hard you're working, how hard you're pushing yourself. And I'm always here. I always have your back. And I can't wait to see you inside of the doers if you're not already in there so that I can tell you to face, you precious gem. Okay, that's enough. Talk to you later. Bye. Hold up, don't leave quite yet. The good just gets better. I know it might be expensive to hire me for my services, so I've created a free way for you to get all of my best for any question you have. Click the link in the show notes to drop us a voice note, and I promise you I will answer every single one of them on the podcast for free. This has been a Fast Forward production. To learn more about them, check out at the Women Are Speaking on Instagram for more information.